What's good, y'all? It's Chris Chance. I'm here with the legendary girl, Jerry. Uh, introduce yourself to the, the URLians. Uh, let's give a, you know, who are you? Man? I am Will Cherry. I'm an artist, um, produ- music producer, um, screenwriter, director, uh, engineer. Say it again. Look, that last one. Say it again. Say it again. That engineer. <laughs> engineer. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Nah, so it's like, I wanted to do this podcast really bad because I've always watched you creatively. Uh-huh. And you've always been like, you know, uh, before you put out your album, I just saw the process. And for somebody that, like, you know, has been wanting to do music, it was really cool seeing you execute something at such a hot level. You know what I mean? Like, on, um, you know, basically, a, like, type first try type shit. You know, like, yeah. You put out this really crazy project, and I mean, like, you wrote a screenplay for it. You actually filmed the shit. It's like I want to dig all into that—the process of you getting to that point of you know taking over the whole project because you p- produced most of it, correctly? Yeah, I produced really like every track. Like on one track, um, towards the end, the second half of Vancouver, my friend Dom Sarfo, he did mm-hmm. the drums on that. But basically, I, I produced every song. And then my friends, I had like little parts, like little drum parts, little synths, and stuff like that. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Now I was playing. Uh, I was actually like looking at. I was playing Def Proof. Uh, that shit was ridiculous. I was playing, like the the video, everything about it. Like, what was a? Uh, I see. Like you know, your city is like a big, big, big part of. I guess you know, like the whole imagery of everything. So yeah. tell us about like how it was growing up there and how it impacted you as an artist. Yeah. Um, well, on that on that song, I have um, two artists from Cleveland Heights, uh, Tay Miles and Matthias Young. But we filmed the video in like my actual hometown, which is Elyria, Ohio. I think the population is like fifty thousand people. Um, it's like a it's like a cool little like small town, nice little vibe. Um, and we've never had like a big artist to come out of the town or something like that. So it was just it was inspiring for me to. Um, to use to film the video there and film different stuff there and like mm-hmm. have like like there's this big mural that says Elyria, yeah, and, and we use that in the video. And actually, when I got in the newspaper in the town, like they had me take the picture in front of that. Oh wow! Like, oh yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, that was really dope. Yeah, so I just think it's like cool to just incorporate that. Like I was actually doing a, something recently, and like I was talking to actually uh, some middle schoolers mm-hmm. in my town's to like a school I went to, and they were asking like what is, how what is the influence that the town has had. On me, and I don't know if it's had like a super big influence, but I just always feel a need to be very specific and say like I'm a Cleveland artist, but 30 miles uh, west of Cleveland, I'm from this little town called Elyria. Mm-hmm. And it's a cool little place, and it just helped form me to who I am. You know? Yeah. So like, would you would you say like a uh, living out there? I mean, like you said, 50,000 people. Like, yeah. in terms of the culture, did it push you and like drive you to go to the internet in terms of like, you know, the things that you liked and all that type of stuff. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Because everybody that I knew like didn't identify with the same things I identified with or was into the same stuff as me. Mm -hmm. So like I was watching an interview and you were like asking uh, Haji, like when he got on KTT and I was making me think about when I got on, I was like, I think I remember I got on because of party next door to, and the Joe Budden um, battle. That he did mm-hmm. with Don. So oh, it was in that man. moment. It was like I no like nobody else that I knew personally was listening to Party Next Door. So it was like, mm-hmm. okay, where can I talk about this with somebody? It's just like wanting to talk about stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it's like a I mean, like somebody 
from your town may not want to talk about some deep cut on some yeah. album that you like, and there's yeah. a whole thread dedicated to it on this exactly, side. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, that leads to, you know, I wanted to ask you, I ask everybody this, so what was your first username, gamer tag? Like, what was your first online alias? Um, I remember my first, my MySpace, um, my MySpace uh, slash, I guess, was Beast at Large, mm-hmm. which was very corny. <laughs> It didn't even have like a real me. I just thought it sounded cool. I yeah, I think yeah. That, that's how everybody's using it. it. Just it sounded cool, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's dope as fuck. I, I like to ask that because it's like I like to see what your first name was and now like you know what you go as now. Like, yeah, I think I think my first. I've never even t- set like thought about this for real. For real. I think my first one may have been like, uh my first gamer tag was Global Mean. Global mean, yeah, global. <laughs> like it's, it's just like that's yeah. what it was. Like, what does this mean? I don't know. Like, it was just one kind of cool. Like, yeah. yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I find that to be funny. How like usernames have evolved, you know? Like, yeah, shit has gotten like a lot more tasteful. Yeah, it has. That's like branding. That is essentially yeah. Instagram is your profile, like your portfolio. You know, your Twitter yeah. is like the discourse like but um so i mean like you you got on ktt what is that 2013 2014 2014 2014 so at that point where were you musically were you make like were you thinking about making music or were you just more of a fan um i was already i was making music but it wasn't really stuff that i was putting out like that but like i was known around the high school for rapping and i would like i would do the talent shows and stuff like that like i i closed out the talent show couple times and stuff like mm-hmm. that so i was like known for it but i wasn't really putting a lot of stuff out um but i i think ever since i was a kid like i always wanted to be an artist i always even before i made music i wanted to make film like before i wrote a song i wrote a screenplay like a 140 page screenplay which is mm-hmm. ridiculous but i just always knew that i wanted to do it but it took some time for me to really develop and that's why I, I had like a long gap of not even putting on music leading up to the album. Mm-hmm. I just, I knew I needed to develop as an artist. I still do. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's an important thing that artists need to know going into this shit. It's like, yeah, your album is as good as it is because you took your fucking time. You crossed mm-hmm. all your T's, you dotted your I's, you made sure everything was, you know what I mean? On point. Like, yeah. I think that like, you know, a lot of artists like feel like they need to put out a lot of shit, but it's like, yo, like polished efforts, you know what I mean? They pay off. Right. That's, yeah. That's amazing. So what was the first track that you made for this album? Um, I'm trying to think, cause I actually, like most of the songs on the album are from 2017. Mm-hmm. So I think it might be, it might be flip. I might have did that early 2017. Um, it might be, yeah, yeah. I think it might be flip. Might be the okay. earliest. One. I actually started in 2016, but I scrapped a lot of those songs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it might be flip. And the and the Will Cherry Vault. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> just not that good. Not that I got good. you. I got you. Yeah. Um, okay. So I like to say this, but now that we got the boring shit out of the way. Let's talk about you. Like okay. I like okay. to talk about the person, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. what's your, what's your most played video game of all time? Uh, I'm not, like, I'm not like a huge gamer, but oh. modern warfare two, I played a lot when I was like in the middle mm-hmm. school, 
and I actually went and got it like during the uh, quarantine. I bought a PS3 because I was just so bored. I didn't, know, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I got Modern Warfare 2 again and played it again. Mm-hmm. And it was like an interesting experience because it was like certain things like I completely forgot about. Mm-hmm. Like might have been like 10 year gap. Between no, it, did. it was a, it was a lot. I mean, a remaster came out. Like, I think, it, yeah, it was 10 years, right? Like, yeah. So it was just funny to like, like have that little deja vu of like, wow, I remember being in this moment in the game as a kid and now I'm a man playing it. It was, yeah, funny. it's like full yeah. circle. Yeah, cool. How that's why I, I love like interactable experiences because, like, yeah. I'm like, obviously, like, you know, like, I think like music, stuff like movies, games, like, when you're in those type of like, you know, I don't know, like, when you were playing that, you felt how you felt you were like 10 years ago. Like, that's an interesting yeah, that's like thing to create for somebody, you know, to be able to like identify moments like that so deeply, you know, like that if they play it again, they can feel like they're right back. Like, yeah. I have the I have the um with music more than games. Mm-hmm. Like there are like certain songs like yeah. There's like a there's like a Glenn Lewis song from like oh mm-hmm. one, and every time I hear it, I remember being like on this street in my town at like four yeah. years old, hearing it on the radio. Like yeah, it's a yeah. it's like a like a short list of those songs I remember hearing growing up, and every time I hear it, just takes me back to that exact moment. And it's really mm-hmm. amazing. Like I I love to just go there. It's like diving into your past for a second. So like, you're ten years old. You're making a playlist for with five tracks. Like, who are the artists? Who are, okay, who are the artists? So I'm trying to think. When I was ten, that was '07. So, um, definitely Kanye West, of course. Um, I was playing a lot of Kanye. I was playing a lot of NERD at that time too. Yeah. Um, Marvin Sapp, this gospel artist, he dropped the album. Um, oh, you you already know, yeah. Thirsty, you dropped the album. Would never would have made it that year. Oh. Album, like from like track five to like track thirteen is like my favorite run in music. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's talk about that. I like that. I like that. Yeah. How much is gospel influence your music? Because I like to. I like for. I guess like a lot of people that consume hip hop that aren't from a like. Uh, I guess like a an American black background. Yeah. Like they're not used to gospel music or they don't understand the influence that it has on us as like, you know, artists. Like, so, I mean, like how much would you say that listening to that as a, a young man is like, you know, change how you sing, how you rap? Um, if I had to put like a percentage of how much of my influence is gospel, mm-hmm. even just songs and not like a bunch of like favorite artists, but just songs, it probably is like 50%. Like, cause I actually grew up going to church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, played the drums, played the organ, was in like the community choir. Uh, and that's where like, so I do like harmonies in my songs, which is not super popular in rap. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that, not even more than like the R&B influence, it was the gospel influence. Yeah, That was where I learned how to build harmonies because when you're in the choir, you're listening to the choir director give each section their part. And then you watch them build the harmony in front of you. Mm. So like the huge, even like some of the chords I use are like gospel chords I learned from gospel tutorials on YouTube learn how to play keys. Like, so it's a, it's a super huge influence. And like, I, I like to do like vocal runs and riffs and stuff like that. in my song, like it's all from gospel more, more than anything else. Amazing. I love that. I mean, like, I feel like the best artists when you were making music or when you're singing, like, I forgot who said this, like when you're singing for like a higher power, like the yeah. way that, you know, I mean, like you, it's more passionate. Yeah, it's you're you're selfless. You're that's just where, that's where the best singers in the world are. They're in churches. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Like, uh, 
mean, like our favorite, like some of our favorite people. I mean, like D'Angelo, motherfucker. Yeah. You know, like, like we could just stop right there. Like, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> down to, like every great saint, like Aretha Franklin, on down, like all you know, from church. Yeah. So, what age did you get in, and what age did you get out? In terms I'm, of like, in the choir and all that. Oh, uh, in the choir specifically, um, uh, I guess I got put in when I was like a little kid, mm-hmm. and then I kind of stopped getting the urge to sing because I'm not really a singer. But with like when you know when I'm recording, I got the auto tune and stuff like that. That mm-hmm. sort of carries me and helps me like to reach certain things. But I'm not a singer like that, so I probably got out of the choir when I was like maybe in middle school or something like that. Gotcha. But then I still stayed on the instruments and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so at that point, you was just like you know applying it to what you wanted to do and all that shit. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I, I love harping on that every time. Like I'm like, yo, gospel is one of the most complex genres in terms of instruments. Like you. Yeah are around so many different types of sounds. And it's just like, yeah, all this shit is spirituality, sexuality. All of this is like, you know, it's one thing like yeah. the way that you, yeah, it's just, we can go down that rabbit hole, but yeah, yeah. I really love, I really love that. Um, so you said Kanye and then uh, who are the other people? Kanye, Marvin Sapp, NERD. I was listening to heavy at that time. Um, 07. It might've been Wayne, like just random YouTube yeah. freestyles and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think who who else was I bumping super heavy when I was a kid. It was a lot of like just random songs. Maybe Justin Timberlake. That was when a uh, future future sex love sound. Yeah, that was that era too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I heard. So you said like you know on YouTube and shit. So what what year were you on there? Like when did you start getting on the internet freely in terms of like browsing music and downloading shit? That was that was probably um. Probably around like 05, 06, mm-hmm. when YouTube first started getting hot, I was just on there all the time. And I was like subscribing to all like the the channels, like the comedians and stuff like that. And because because I wanted to make movies and stuff like that. So I was watching the people that were creating sketches and stuff like that. Like yeah. even when I was a kid, like growing up, every Saturday I would watch Saturday Night Live with my mom. So I was into the idea of somebody creating like basically a short film, especially live. So with YouTube, it was like, these are people doing it in their homes with no like no production, no budget, just off the strength of their own creativity. So that was super drawn to that. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's really cool because like I, I feel like a lot of artists like you in this generation, I mean, like that's how y'all kind of got like, you know, hip to it. It's like, oh, I can do this. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's a it's a blessing, you know what I mean? That like we can be in this generation where it the idea isn't that far fetched anymore. Like, you know, like right. yeah. So no, nah, I find that to be like really awesome. But yeah, shout out to I, I knew you had the gospel influence. I knew yeah. you had the gospel influence. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I do want to talk about never would have made it though. Absolutely, let's talk about it. Let's let's I don't understand what was they like in the booth, like guy was there. Like he was like Marvin. Absolutely, yeah. Mar- he was like Marvin, look, <laughs> like you about to go in this booth and go stupid. Like, I wish I could play it on here. It's just a phenomenal vocal performance, one of the greatest of all time. Like absolutely. And like in the in the sequence of the album, like everything is like in the midsection of the album. Yeah. It's like all of these slower moments where it's like he's almost like singing hymns. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like in How Does It Feel, where the song builds up to the climax. Like in the album, he builds up to that climax. And the crazy part is, I'm pretty sure in the album, like I think it's recorded live. And there's even like moments where like he might miss a note or something like that, and you can hear the crowd. And what's confusing is like that that version of the song is the popular version of the song. 
Yeah. So I don't think he released the song before that, mm-hmm. which means like as soon as he says never would have made it, there's a person in the crowd going crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's their first time hearing the song. Yeah. When you think about that, like, bro, the first time they heard the first line, no chords, because I think it's acapella. He just says never would have made it. This person's like, oh my God. It's like, they knew, <laughs> like it, you know, it's real. Like they could feel it in the building. Like it's such an, it's one of the greatest songs ever created. It's tight, Tyrone. It's tight Tyrone with it. Like yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Damn, I did not realize. And that's one thing that people gotta like. Uh, I guess like a, a lot of people understand. Like yo, this should be recorded live. Like most yeah. of these albums are live. Like these niggas out here like in gospel. Yes, putting on absolute like. Symphonies, man, this shit is beautiful, it's crazy, bro. Like, it's amazing. Like, and that's something that's amazing about the genre. Apart from the fact that just like it's the best singers in the world, the best musicians in the world, when they record their albums, it's not like they might have toured some of it. If they're artists that's already kind of big, they might have got to tour it like a comedian that's tours true. their stuff before leading up to it. But it's stuff that hasn't been put out yet, and they have to tape it like a comedian tapes. Especially, got to get it right. You might have a couple tries, and they just nail it. And then this is what the world hears. It's just so amazing to me. Like amazing. the level of skill is just crazy. Yeah, like. And actually, um, the dude, his musician is from um a town right next to mine, Ohio. Oh, really? The guy that like produces a lot of his stuff. His name is um Aaron Lindsay, I think. Okay, okay. That's he's, interesting. He's like a Grammy winner and all that. It's really inspiring. Yo. Yeah. Damn, like before the like, like, I think one of the craziest listening environments is the backseat of your mom car like yes someone go, like yo like i think there was like certain albums like emancipation like, i remember emancipation of mimi when <laughs> that, yeah bro, <laughs> like, but it's just like yo but also with that like the gospel like i just remember some of those songs like uh like yo lee williams don't get let, let's not even get it started yeah, yeah we connected over that before yeah yeah yeah, yeah. lee williams the goat yeah, <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> cool yeah. water from grandma's well, you know. Right. And every time I hear it, I, I think I even told you every time I hear it, I think about being on the trips to Alabama, like, yeah. it just takes you right back every time. It's it, crazy. Oh my gosh, bro. Early time, like the you know, the, the, the gospel in the morning on the yeah. radio. Oh yeah. lord, man, like, yeah, that's an amazing that was an amazing listening uh environment, man. Like, we, we got put on to some crazy shit in that back, Absolutely. yeah, for real, like. Some of my favorite songs ever. And like, especially when you're a kid and like you might be on a trip and you know you're seeing the mountains outside the window and you're half asleep, like it makes the experience more euphoric when it's an amazing song. Like it sticks with you. Yeah. You know? Oh, I'm in a movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like you're not worried about the road, you're just chilling. Mm-hmm. So you really feel the music. And like, you know who was like a, a, a fucking champion of the, of the backseat listening? Mary J. Blige, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw like there was like a uh, uh there was like a fucking uh, an anniversary. I think of um, what was the album? The Breakthrough, the break, the, the one, one that came out in 05? the one that got all the Grammys. That had yeah. uh, uh, Be Without You, that one. Yo, that <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I, it's crazy looking back, yo, she like type swept the Grammys that year. Like yeah. that album was ridiculous. <laughs> and it deservedly so. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, like she like, I don't know. I think like in terms of, like artists, like my mom played a lot of Mary, she played a lot of Erica, Maxwell, yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like D'Angelo, like, but that Mary though? Mary stood out. This shit hit different when you got a single mom too. It hit different, yeah. bro. It hit different. We in the Ultima bumping that Mary. <laughs> the Ultima. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. Like that shit's strong, but nah, I, I like uh I like going and, and I guess you know highlighting all that shit because that's the shit that made us, you know what I mean? Like every generation is formed by the last 20 years. So it's like we're getting to that point now where the new generation is starting. And I mean, like you even see tweets now, people like, oh, to be a, a teenager in 2014. Like yeah. all the shit we grew up on is about to start getting like, you know, uh it's about to become cool and nostalgic. Like, so yeah. I'm trying to get the head started, start dot like, you know, getting through all of this shit. Cause oh my God, we need to really make like a a, a playlist where everybody contribute. And it's like the ultimate like mom playlist, like the ultimate mm-hmm. mom finger is like. You know what yeah. I mean? El DeBarge in that bitch. We got to get the yeah. mom. We get the Patricia. Yeah. We going crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, the super deep cuts. The, not the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. The super deep cuts, man. But So, in terms of, like, uh, in terms of, like, what you've been, like, listening to in your formative years, like, what was... I get, well, I'm going to say formative years. What were the sounds that, like, you know, leading up to you coming up with this album that, like, you were kind of focusing on? Um, so yeah, so just like a couple of years ago, basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like before, like you know, the new, the newest uh, project. Okay. Um, a lot of Jodeci for mm-hmm. sure. Like, and yeah, a lot of Jodeci. I'm thinking I got into Voodoo like late in like 2016, maybe it was when I first mm-hmm. heard Voodoo in full, and got super deep into that. Um, Blonde was a big influence. Like even on the album, like I'm doing like like pitched up vocals and stuff like that. I definitely got that from Frank. Yeah, like, I was holding on to that idea from when I first heard it in 2016. Like mm-hmm. you know, I just feel especially because like it just feels it's jarring when you have like a super pitched up vocal. So I knew to put that at the end of the album after such a like this long gospel sample. And then the first thing you hear is this acapella pitched up vocal is just like, it just felt perfect. And I definitely got that from Frank. Um, I remember like a lot of rodeo, a lot of like riding around in like my first car, listening to rodeo, driving uh, like into downtown Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Like that was a big deal. Cherry Bomb. Like these are all the albums that was coming out like right before I started working on this album. Um, Yeah. Life of Pablo, that yeah. like in the whole like I, when I what I wanted to do when I put this album out was I wanted to there's like this little square in our downtown area, mm-hmm. and I wanted to have like my own version of like the the Pablo Yay type yeah listening session, but then COVID happened so we couldn't. But I really like because that was such an inspiring moment. Like I went to my friend's house. It was me, a couple of my boys. We was watching it live on Tidal mm-hmm. and like looking at like all the dudes on stage. And like I was the only dude in the room who already knew who Lil Yachty was. Yeah, like, oh, I recognized him from SoundCloud. <laughs> but yeah, like it was just it was bro, just to watch that live, thinking that designer was future when you first heard him. Like, <laughs> like all of this stuff, bro. Like I feel like such an iconic. We've been in unpacking that experience. I think yeah. that experience was so dense at the time that it was like, like for me, I skipped school, went to the movie theater. I got I got one of the movie theaters, bro. That was one of like the, that was like KT. It was like KTT in real life. It was kind of weird. I had never seen it yeah. like that before. But it was a bunch of Kanye fans in this movie theater, wow. and like 
I genuinely, I re- bro, I cried when the fucking when the when the Father Truth mm-hmm. sample hit. Like it was so power. Like I couldn't imagine actually being there. Like the people that said yeah, that they yeah. were there is like that was like an experience that is just never gonna happen again. Like unmatched, bro. Like I wish I could have, man. I wish I could have made it to the theater. Like I, I, I should have skipped class. I didn't skip class. I should have, and I probably could have got one of the little uh, windbreaker jackets too. I should have skipped class for that, bro. Yeah. It was funny because on the first Yeezy season, when he did the, uh, just like the, you know, like the the runway shit, yeah. I skipped school for that, but I wasn't 18 at the time and you had to be 18. So one of my boys got a ticket and I like Photoshopped like this fake school ID. Oh, wow. <laughs> like got in this shit. Like, that's crazy. Wow. We did a lot of shit, a lot of shit for Kanye West. But, and another thing about that, bro, that was the first time that I saw somebody live stream an event and it was color graded in real time. Yeah, I've never seen that before. I don't know if I don't know if I've seen that again since then. That feed was so like crisp. We was like, I was just about to say, it's crispy. Like it looks amazing. Like the colors are so vibrant, weird. and it brings life to the clothes. Like you're really there. Mm-hmm. It was live. It was like that was, I never saw that before. Like I, I think like after I think that was like one of the last times. I won't say that Ye hasn't really done that. He has raised the bar since, but that was one of the last times that he brought that motherfucker above his. Yeah. Like, like crash through the ceiling. It's like everybody just like had to rethink, like they had to tuck their summer in type shit. Like we yeah. literally got to repackage everything. Like, like it was obvious that this is like a groundbreaking historical moment mm-hmm. in real time. Like I remember looking at Twitter, like everybody's going crazy. Like in the room with my friends, like bro, we've never felt. And the album was so good too. It was just like he didn't fail in any part of it. You know what it was, bro? Yeah. That was the best time to ever be a Kanye West fan. Like, emotionally, yeah. like, yo, first off, no one hated Kanye during the Pablo era. Right, yeah. Everybody fucked with Ye. Everything was cool. Like, and he said some stuff that could have got him, like, he, the Bill Cosby tweet could have ended it, but it was just so, he was so on fire that I was just like, all right, we're going to ignore it. Like, bro, the, the whole shit with Wiz Khalifa, like, bro. Yeah. Was, <laughs> it was like, dude, like, I felt like after Yeezus, yeah. I was Man, we done weathered the storm. Yeah. Good now, man. It's, we can go to retirement. Nope. <laughs> After that shit, it turned the fuck up again. But, like, I think that was a really cool snapshot in his little, in, in like, in the whole grand scheme of his career. Like, but. Yeah, when they make the documentary, like, that moment is, like, the culmination of everything. Like, the album that sounds like every Kanye album before. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, like like it, it type is his greatest hits album. Like, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought I think that like the. What do you feel about like uh the production of Jesus is King? I want to. I don't know if I see this, but I didn't think it was good. Yeah, it was good. I thought that the production. I first. I don't know if uh, Mike Dean worked on the uh, the engineering. I don't believe he did. He did. But even like the mixing, I wasn't like I wasn't feeling the mixing and mastering either. I felt like the production was like I don't know. He just didn't deliver fully for me on that. Yeah, it feels like his worst album to me. It was a. It was like I feel like uh, Kanye just don't be taking his time. Absolutely not. Yeah, it's like. And, and that's why I wanted to talk, ask you how you felt about this because Pablo was low key the beginning of the end. Like that's when he started 
doing that process of like everything being last minute, blah, 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 blah. And then it just comes together because that's how it always, but then it starts like not working. Like, yeah. and you know, I felt like, yeah, he did that then. And I felt like he had built up to that with like the, the last two before. Cause I didn't know until like maybe last year I was on Wikipedia and I read like, Oh, he recorded 808s and heartbreaks in two weeks. Never yeah. knew that. And I saw it on Wikipedia. Then I, then I remember like, Oh yeah, with Jesus, I think he was getting married around that time too when it was coming out. So, yeah, so like he did the vocals last like in a week or something like that. And I was like, okay, but he still met the dates. Crazy. But for some reason, after Life of Pablo, that formula of waiting till last minute and we just gonna feel like it just didn't work anymore. You know what it is? It's yeah. gotten even easier to do that because of streaming. So yeah. it's like it's like, bro, you can yeah. you can shoot the the shot at last minute. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so. I guess like when you had to submit your album fucking four months early type shit, like, you know, it was a, a little bit different in terms of how you took, like, you know, took the craft. But I think like it all started with really with Yeezus. Yeezus was the first time he actually like, he, it was in his infancy with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Cause he still did like a, a lot of the production, but like Yeezus was when he really started like creating the incubators. Like, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. I mean, like I, I, and it's like, yo, he when he does it, we get Daytona. And Daytona was yeah. Yeah. you know, like oh, yeah. But that's crazy, man. I hope he can sit down and just like oh, really, like you know what I mean, just like do an album. Like yeah. I I agree. I would love for him to like really take his time. My favorite filmmaker is Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. And you know, he has this thing where Either I think I think he said that I want to retire either before I turn 60 or after 10 movies. He has one more movie in his career left. And I always felt like that was the perfect way to do it because I just feel like it puts a certain level of like urgency on things and it just it puts hype on the things, too. But it just makes it feel like I'm going to put my all into this because I know that after I reach a certain amount, I'm going to sit down. And I feel like Life of Pablo should have been the last one. And it would have been a perfect discography, best discography in hip hop history, greatest artist ever. Like when when he was saying like, uh, I remember when he was talking about the Pitchfork review, I think they gave him like a nine and he was like, white people can't review my albums anymore. I'm the greatest artist ever. I was like, I felt him when he said that. Yeah, because it, it was a 10. Like, you know, like, yeah, it was a clear sense. But then yay happens and it's like, I look at you a little bit differently now. Of course, he's still a genius, but it's just like the spark isn't the same anymore. And it's yeah. it doesn't feel like it's you like coming straight from the heart anymore. It doesn't feel even not not to, I shouldn't say that it was still honest, but it's just like everything. It, is, yeah, because yeah. I, I think the things that we loved about Kanye was that he did put the ten thousand man hours in. He of was a, a Kobe Bryant at this shit. He was wanted to be the greatest ever. And it's like it's kind of like you see. Uh, it's like when Muhammad Ali first got knocked out. Mm, it's like yeah. human, like. And I feel, I mean, and it's like, bro, Ye is not the type of dude, he can never, ever truly be washed. Never. At right. any time, Kanye West can make the best album of all time. Like, you know what I mean? But it's like, I feel like the creative, the way that he creates now, it works in the other, it's like, you know, world. Like, it works in fashion. It works in, like, the other parts. But it's like, in the creative process, I mean, did you watch that Dame Dash uh, TV show that he did about, like Kanye, it was like I'm trying to find it. I couldn't find it. I'm gonna try to find a link and send it to you. Okay, but thank you. Very interesting video. 
I saw the the like the little clip that went viral of him yelling at Chance and stuff like that. It's just like when I was looking at that environment, it just looked like it was too much going on. It's like, and it's like I think that's just like obviously he has a lot of things going on, but he has a lot of things going on. Like you can't make the best album of all time and then be trying to fucking do everything else. Like I don't know. You know what's confusing though? What's interesting? I don't. And maybe it's not a good comparison because he hasn't put out as many albums. But every time Tyler drops an album, he has the album, he has the new clothing, he has a t- uh, maybe one or two TV shows coming with it. Mm-hmm. Like he always drops a bunch of stuff at once. But maybe it's because he takes more time. I don't know. But it's just it feels like Tyler is able to do it really well. But at the same time, maybe he doesn't have the same amount of pressure. I don't know. I feel like Tyler, Tyler and Ye are super similar, very yeah. similar. Like. And I feel like with Tyler, he's just a – the thing about Ye is that, like, he's like this, like, bro, Ye is, like, the leader. He has to be the yeah. lead innovator. Tyler is more of the person – he's he's not – obviously, he was an innovator in, like, you know, like, a huge way. But I don't think that he's necessarily trying to be, like, the best on earth. Like, in terms of, like, uh, the like, Connie's trying to be the biggest and the best. Yeah, I don't think Tyler focuses on that necessarily. He just focuses on like making music and shit. I feel like he's more on Pharrell in terms of like how he looks at it and goes about it. But yeah, that makes sense. Tyler, though, it's like uh, I'm 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 interested in what let's see his new project is like. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Is it Igor? That was a crazy height. That was crazy. I was listening because, like, how do you feel about it when it first came out? Um, I'll tell you, even before it first came out, when Are We Still Friends and Earthquake leaked, I was like, oh, no, he's I felt like I was thinking, like, oh, no, he's went Kanye mode. He's putting the reference tracks on the actual song. It's over. And then when I heard the actual album, maybe it was the headphones I was on. I don't know, because I actually I felt the same way when King Kunta leaked. I was like, oh, man, this song is like it just didn't hit me. So maybe I'm just the type of guy I need to hear the actual thing mm-hmm. when it actually comes out. But when I heard Igor in full, I remember sitting on the edge of my bed, like with my with these headphones on, my studio headphones on. I was like, "Oh, this is amazing! Like the mixing is amazing, mm-hmm. like all the instrumentation, the fact that he was able to do what I feel like not many artists can do, which is make twelve songs about one thing and tell the whole story in order of each feeling. Like that's like most artists can't do that, and then to produce every song like we know he does, like yeah." It's just absolutely amazing. Like his best melodies, his best chord progressions ever, like his best everything. And then like to have certain songs, like a song like Earthquake, where it's like his most simple chord progression, maybe of his entire career. Mm-hmm. And I think, which is another one, his most simple chord progressions, but then his most beautiful songs in his whole career. It's just like, wow. When this guy is like, it's like sometimes you have to learn so much that you know what to take out of things and how simple to keep it and how big to keep it. It's just like all the knowledge is just in this album. Like to me, that's his best album for sure. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not the one, but it, yeah, I, like Flower Boy, I might want to listen to more maybe. But Igor is like, yeah, just the craft of it is just insane to me. Like it's amazing. It's perfect to me. Yeah, it, it's just like it's it's basically flawless. Like yeah, when I first heard the album, I liked it, but Tyler is an artist that like I really, really, really grew up on. Like I love if you see everything I do, you can see that this is obviously like very Tyler influenced, like in terms of direction. And like, bro, when that I guess I wasn't heartbroken 
or I wasn't in love type shit. When that when I when I ran that shit back last summer though, like bro, I I always liked the album, but like I think I think it's one of like the bro the Solange vocals, the bridge, the way it just breaks down, like it's just it's masterful. Like that's the only word I can use for it is masterful. Puppet, crazy. He used Kanye how Kanye used everybody else. Like Kanye was obviously he didn't know what he was saying, but he was melt. He was just harmonizing. Like he just used best, it as a- best, best use of a Kanye like rough demo vocal of all time ever. He's given a lot of these to a lot of artists over like the last five years. Tyler mm. used it so perfectly, and the album has that vibe where it's like it feels made, but it's also mixed to be rough. So it's yeah. like this Kanye vocal works perfectly. Whereas on certain people's album, like on Ty Dolla Sign's first album, mm-hmm. there's like a Kanye vocal. I don't. It's it's a song with Diddy's on there too, and like a Hit Boy produced it, and the song is not very good. Even though I love everybody on the song, mm-hmm. and it's like another situation where it's like it's this Kanye vocal where it's like okay, this is a Kanye demo where he's like he wasn't really trying, he's really freestyling it, but you're gonna try to make it work because it's Kanye West. Mm-hmm. Tyler figured out exactly how to use it in such a perfect way. And it's like, okay, this is this is genius right here. Like, this is absolute genius. Like, it's like it's like black people. Like, we took the scraps and made amazing food. It's like the same thing to me. Like, it's amazing. He it's like the execution on that. I feel like it's just a sharper cherry bomb. Like in terms of like the the things that he has stabbed. I still think overall. Cherry Bomb has Tyler's best production. I still mm-hmm. have to like some of those songs, like Two Seater, Okaga, mm-hmm. uh, Blow My Low. Like those were like I don't think like I don't I don't know. That was a ridiculous album, but he yeah. did execute some of the ideas that he had on there way better on Igor, like way better. Yeah. Um, it's like his life of Pablo. It's yeah, like, where it's like your greatest hits, all your ideas. It's like your best version of it. Even like he has a song. Um, New Magic One, where he's talking about like shooting a girl. It's like, yeah. okay, this is Goblin Tyler in the best form. Yeah. It actually makes sense now. It's not just talking just to talk. Like New Magic One, like I just understand Tyler, but he just be he just his feelings be hurt, and he just, <laughs> he just be making bangers. Like, yeah. and that's why I say that he's very similar to Kanye. Kanye made eight oh eight in two weeks. I understand that. Like, yeah, he was hurt, bro. A nigga just went in there and locked the fuck in, right. like. And I think that they capture a feeling so vividly because of how, first off, their soundscapes, you know what I mean, are, I don't know, like you can literally see exactly what's going on when you listen to this music. Like, and they and both they, say they have a synthesizer, I think, right? The, yeah, the, I think so. Yeah. They both said that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like the beats, I mean, like, uh, not, not the beats, the visuals are also always so crazy and it like loops you into this world. So it's like, I don't know, they just know how to create worlds very, very well. And uh, I appreciate them for that, for real, for real. Me too. Very like growing up, those are definitely like my two artists that I stand the most above every other artist for sure. Yeah, because it's like I love Drake. If somebody asked me if like who you learn, like like who's your rapping style at, I probably would say that. But everything else is them two niggas, yeah. Tyler and Kanye. Like, bro, they they figured it out. Like. Pharrell, too, can't forget Pharrell, but it's like Tyler and Yado. Like, I feel like Ye, we like got to witness him, but then Tyler, we got to grow up with him. And it was like the interaction, you know, like, I don't know, like, did, did Tyler ever respond to you on Forum Spring or some shit? Or like, 
he did for me, and that shit blew my fucking. I definitely remember reading it. I remember reading it for sure. Yeah, yeah, like that was so cool being able to just like talk to this person, like yeah, be able to see their life and all that stuff. So I don't. Know. I haven't heard that that site in so long. Forms right? Wow. Forms I remember. Yeah, I remember like every like week or so, I would like reload it and go back to his page to see what he's been talking about, see if there's new information he might be throwing out there. Yeah, wow. like I remember the first time he responded, he talked about a. Uh, Cause one thing I love about Tyler is that he'll say some shit and then it happened. Like he be sticking to shit. Like Wolf, I mean Goblin, uh, Bastard Goblin Wolf happened. You know, yeah. like when he put that shit on Forum Spring. I remember on our future talk, niggas was losing their mind. They were like, Wolf, possible Wolf leaks. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, all that shit. But by the I, way, I, I was on our future talk too. I was on there before KTT. <laughs> yes, yes, our yes. future talk was different. That Tyler unreleased thread was amazing. Like they had that shit uh, organized so well, bro. Like, but yeah, that, was, that was fun, man. <laughs> I, I like that. You know, we got to be on the internet and talk to all these other people that loved our artists just as much as we did, and just be nerds in like yeah. this somewhat safe place, like safe space. Like it was kind of yeah. weird. Like thinking back, that I mean, like. Us being on this website has lets us talking right now, you know, like yeah, that's just nuts. It's kind of like it like made me a better artist too, for sure. Oh, of course, like the ability to really talk about music and see people's thoughts and like really go in depth, and then like from there starting to go like read reviews and stuff like that. It made me be more of an in-depth music fan, which made me more of an in-depth artist. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't, yeah, those nooks and crannies. Yeah, I would encourage all artists to like, like become more of a music fan if you're not like a huge music fan read more stuff like all that type of stuff because it makes you it just makes you think about stuff more than you would you know mm-hmm. yeah in terms of uh learning about an album process or a creation of an album what was the most other than my beautiful dark twist of fantasy let's just get that one out yeah, that was a big <laughs> other, other than that what was like i guess the most inspirational after seeing it like how much did it impact you in changing your craft um I'm trying to think, cause it might be, it might be another Kanye album. It might be, um, Jesus or Paolo. I'm trying to think. I feel like there might be somebody else. You know, either it's funny. It might be between Tyler or Kanye because with Jesus, I remember they did the interview with Pitchfork where it was like Justin Vernon, Mike Dean. And I don't know, another producer might have been on there. And they really talked about it, which helped me a lot to really hear about the process. Like, I love that kind of stuff. And then uh, with Pablo, Kanye was talking about the process. Like, he was like remember the notepad? And it had every artist's name on there. By the way, nobody talks about how crazy that notepad is. Earl Sweatshirt was on that notepad. Yeah, Sweatshirt was on there. You remember when everybody thought it was Drake's signature on that notepad? They was like, is that Drake? It was like, is that Drake? Like, bro, like, that was a thing. Like, trying to figure out whose signature was who, like yeah bro all of those stories like that helped me so much and then with tyler he would do the actual documentaries and i would love those like that would inspire me too just to watch somebody like have the process of creating something from the ground up mm-hmm. it always helps me a lot how did you sure. feel when you saw the wolf trailer for the movie bro i was so hyped and that i'm still conf- I, what i'm trying to figure out is tyler has like he, had, he announced on the show recently that he's supposed to be doing like i think it's an animated show with fox i'm confused why hasn't he directed a film yet like I just don't get why he hasn't. I, I, 
it's like I remember Tyler already said he just wants he wants to make cartoons. So I can understand it, but yeah. it's also like you 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 be snapping with these videos. You know, yeah. I feel like he's one of the best directors on the planet. Like if he made films, I don't know if he needs to write it or if he has to get somebody else's script or whatever. But with his movie, with his uh, see, I was about to say movies. With his videos, he's shown so many different types of styles. Like he can do comedy, he can do horror. Like she is like actually a menacing video. Yo, like, like he did that at like eighteen years old. Like that. Say, yeah, he was like, eighteen, nineteen, directing these videos. Like. <laughs> Like, bro, I feel like he's one of the best directors walking the earth. And it's a shame he hasn't done an actual 90-minute film yet. Yeah. Like, it's insane to me. Like, he's I was so hyped for the Wolf movie. I couldn't believe it never happened. Like, And the Yeezus uh, tour movie that never came out. Wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's really run this back. Because yeah. we got to smack him across the head for this one, right? I was like, what? Man, Wolf. You know, Tyler yeah. was young as hell. He probably... E- Either he probably just filmed that shit just to like fuck with people, or, like try to submit yeah. it to places like to get funded, and it didn't happen. Yeah, right. But the easiest film first off, nigga, we were supposed to get the Glow in the Dark tour documentary. Didn't get that yeah. shit. Book was supposed to get the motherfucking this shit or whatever. Then we were supposed to get the Kissy Ghost uh film that never. Yeah, happened. I don't know what's up with that? That ye- the Yeezus one hurt so <laughs> bad though, because yeah. it showed the not yet rate. Like it showed that. Yeah, I think Hype Williams directed it too. It looked so. Some of those shots look amazing. Like, it's actually a crime to the like to like cinema as an art form that that is not out. Like yeah. some of that shit looked insane. Uh, but he did put out Jesus' game. So that's okay. true. I was out to see that in theaters. I love that. But, that was beautiful. And you remember, um, I was I was always waiting for the Cruel Summer movie to come out. I never got to see that. Did you ever see the leaked footage? No, I never saw anything. I I think oh. I saw like a picture from the theater that showed like all the screens, but I never actually saw like anything from the yeah, movie. That was when I was on KTT for years, bro. There's a fucking like, it may be damn near about five six minutes of this video. Like, I gotta see this. Great, like the shit honestly looked like a tech demo. Like it was more of like a tech demo. Like the. The the narrative looked pretty cool or whatever. It was like there, I don't know. It was like some crime shit. Kid Cuddy's like some fucking gangster or whatever. I don't know. But yeah. it like the idea though, like the, there was this one scene where they walked into a garage and there was all these cars on the sides and they were all like, you know, it's like which yeah. one you want to hit? And it's like he was just thinking about a VR movie before VR was really going crazy. Like That's crazy, bro. Uh, and my thing is, yeah, and because I want to be a director. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I'm so interested in like I want Tyler to make a movie. Like I, I'm super interested in like actor turned directors or comedian turned like people who didn't go to film school to become a director but went from one thing to be a director. And it's so crazy to me that Kanye directed Runaway. Yeah. Like when you think about that, when it says written by Hype Williams, directed by Con- it's like, wait, he directed like one of the most beautiful like yeah, it blows my mind. What is another video that Ye directed? I feel like he's directed videos for other people too. And I feel, oh yeah, he directed Best I Ever Had. That yes. retrospect is a is a phenomenal video. Like I think that people just weren't ready for irreverent like type yeah. shit. Like that was like a it didn't a, land right. Yeah, that was a TikTok nigga. <laughs> like that was like <laughs> shit. Like, but that uh, was a funny video, yeah. I think he. I think he like creative directed the panda video but not like literal directed 
he's probably creatively directed all his shit. Because, I mean, like, he do be paying for him and, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But Hype Williams, though, him and that nigga, they, I think they've only missed once. The cold Which video. One? The cold video. Yeah, that cold. video. Yeah, that video was terrible. They had, like, the, the flashing, the whole video. Yeah. Yo, Kim looked like the devil in that video. Fucking <laughs> 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 devil. Like, that song was so fucking hard. It deserved a way better video than that. Like, but. I forgot about that video. Oh. That was wiped from my memory. You know what else was wiped from my memory? Um, The Uptown video, Travis Scott video. You remember that video? Oh, when them niggas is in that fucking bodega type shit. Oh, they hated that video. <laughs> I hated that video so much. <laughs> you know what Travis was, bro, in the beginning? Travis, yeah. that piss beer that you would drink because you couldn't get, like, you was too young to pick really what you wanted for, like, you know, the store type shit for, like, yeah. and you got Travis. But Travis ended up getting really good. Yeah. Like, he started Absolutely. doing But it was like, bro, at that time, it was between what Cruel Summers had type just came out. Like it was yeah. like or whatever. Jesus was like a year away. Like yeah. he just needed that yay feeling. Like, and I feel like rodeo, like you brought that up earlier, riding around to it. I, I remember that too. Like, when that come out? 2015. 15, right? Yeah. yeah, that was in between them albums, bro. Like we got that kiss on your grave. Like the energy mm -hmm. was so I feel like that was the last. That was the last, like, uh, that was the last La Flame album. Like, Birds was the first Travis Scott album, but that one was like, I feel like that was like him at his Kanye peak type shit of like, you know, like the sound that he was getting at that time. Like, yeah, that's in, I, I love Travis and I was a Kanye stan. So that, that was like the era when, like, it's like when they say, like, in the Bible, like, just to touch the hem of Jesus's garment, it's like just to be close to Kanye West, just to be. Mm -hmm. The Vic Mensa in 2015, the Chance the Reverence, like just when you're a little bit close to Kanye West, that was, <laughs> that that was, was that moment. Brilliant. Yeah, Yo, like that. Can we can we talk about how the So Help Me God era single handedly ruined Vic Mensa as an artist? Absolutely, bro. We can absolutely talk about that because I was a I, I loved Vic Mensa when he dropped Internet Tape 2013. I was a huge Vic Mensa fan. Yeah, well, don't favorite rapper for a little bit. What was the other shit that he had with the uh, that group? Kid was a kids these days. Kids these days. Yeah, he was on like. And look, think about it right now. Think about how everybody hate Chance, right? Imagine yeah. if Vic played his cards right. He would have been in the perfect spot to take Chance's spot, yes. like, because like, bro, down on my luck. Crazy. He could have stayed on that. Like the song, feel that too. Like he just had these vibes where it's just like, bro, this dude, like, it was just dope, and it felt like a little bit of a counter to Chance. Yeah. But at the same time, it's the same vibe because they, you know, they came out rapping together, and I was just like, man, like, I was just feeling him a lot, and mm -hmm. then it felt like he was losing his identity, and you know, who am I to say? Maybe that's who he really was, and he was just changing. But you know, like that era, like all day at the Coco in London, like when it was that era, it felt like it was amazing, but it didn't feel like it was Vic Mensa being himself. It felt like he was just yeah. fitting into what was happening. Oh, oh, Vic Mensa's here, like I yeah. feel like I don't know, bro. That is so weird to me, like, cause it's like it feel like a, it feel like if y'all on Xbox and everybody changed their clan tag to like a certain like thing, yeah. and everybody done with it, but the one nigga stayed with that clan tag though. Yeah, yeah. it's like I feel like Vic Mensa stayed in those those Chelsea boots. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 
that was that was that was a weird era. I don't know, but I really hope that like I like when those Chicago artists, like I like when Chance taps into the house. Like when he when he, when he goes into the house, like that shit is so like even though the big day was a, a trash album, I still like that song he had with Sean Mendez on that bitch. That shit was, that shit was hard. like I was like, oh no, I like when Big Mensa was on that and like just on that. I'm not saying that he needs to regress artistically, but yeah, but that just wasn't all right. I was a, like, I will only say because I'm such a, I was such a big Vic Mensa fan. Like the first album was such a disappointment. Mm-hmm. Like, Bruh, this is like, what happened? And yeah. it's weird because he, I feel like he got better at rapping too, but it mm-hmm. was just like the song making is just this weird. It's like, I don't know. It's like sometimes when you just feel like somebody lost it a little bit, somebody it's just the spark isn't there when they're writing a song, when they're writing a hook, the melodies just don't feel the same. Like it's weird. I don't know, you know, what influenced it, but I guess it might've been being around other people, being around Kanye's crowd or whatever, trying to feel like you're trying to adjust towards them. Yeah. It's really yeah. scary. Honestly, it's like, <sighs> come on, Vic. I don't know. I think that, yeah, like I, I commend his work and, you know, and that he's done in terms of like, you know, uh in chicago and all that like but yeah yeah, that's that's a i think that's something that it's like a big like if you were really like i guess well i won't say if you're really but if you're paying attention that's a lesson you know what i mean like don't don't completely change yourself for a moment that album didn't come out like so help me god did not come out like you know i don't know Come on, babe. That's what I love about those artists, and that's why they inspire me. Like the guys that just completely remember who they are, mm-hmm. no matter where they're at. Even like somebody like Tyler. Like I remember seeing something where it said that Kanye. I think he either wanted the forty-eight beat or he wanted to get on forty-eight. And Tyler's like, "No, this doesn't make sense. I'm not gonna do it." And I was thinking, like, "Bro, you gonna turn down a Kanye feature? It's like it's gonna happen eventually, yeah. but for this song, it's not right." It's like I respect it, and I get why. Because now I'm looking back, it's like it would have been whack if he forced it. You know. Yeah, and this is like it's like yeah, this is like a deep song. <laughs> like it's yeah, yeah. you know, like and it's like at that point in the story, dude, that was like a very big plot piece for that character that he was. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. I think that's another thing. Like just knowing when it's the right time to do something, not forcing or rushing something that can happen organically. You know what I mean? It's like when you're making art, you don't want to when you put people in the room and say, "Hey, I got to do this." It's not gonna be the same type of vibes if y'all just all pulled up like you know on some regular shit like yeah that's when it goes from like creativity to an assignment yeah, you know? yeah. and it's like we say that shit for the for the nine to five you know like this is the yeah. this is the real shit like I don't know I really uh I love their processes though like Tyler is like uh he's him and Ye do something that I love and is that they really trust their ideas like they yeah. really like. I mean, like, you know, I, I love, I, I just interviewed Chloe Hotline, right? And she yeah. said, like, you know, one of her albums, like, she said one of the songs on her album, she wrote the hook when she was, like, eight or some shit. I peeped that, yeah. I'm like, I like, bro, the fire, but I believe, I believe it because it's like, yo, I listen to motherfucking, uh, 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 what you call him when, when he was on the Deaf Poetry shit. Like, we, like, you know, like, those songs yeah. are, uh, are saying, like, uh, what you call, even graduate, I mean, uh, Homecoming, you know, yeah. like, it's beautiful to see that because it's like sometimes it teaches you to like, you know, this is something that you don't have to discard. It's just not the right time. Maybe you can come back to this at another point and be able to better use this. You know what I mean? Like I've learned from all of that for sure. Like mm-hmm. there are songs that are on the album that 
might have a piece that I made years ago. Like I have like this band called Starlight and we're going to put out some stuff in the future where it's a song where there's an idea from one song that actually, okay. It's a song that we have called Camo and my boy Save is on it. He has two verses on it. One verse was recorded in 2016. One verse was recorded in 2020. Same vocal when he was 16 year, years old and now when he's 20 years old. And he almost sounds the same, but it's just so cool because it's just like to have these pieces, like it's like the missing piece. It's like, oh, I love it. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. So it's like, you was on some boyhood type shit. Yeah, without realizing it. Yeah. Like, because my thing is like, I love to have an idea for a song and if it doesn't feel like it's working, I leave it, then I come back to it years later. And I, So it's a song that we started back in 2016. And I was just like, eh, I don't feel this. And then we're working on the group stuff. I'm like, okay, now I like certain parts of this. So I'm going to keep his verse. I'm going to keep parts of the beat. But I'm going to freak it and change everything around it. And then I record like a new hook for the, the uh, track. I use actually used a verse from two verses from one song from 2019, one song from 2016 that I recorded and put them on the song, like changed the BPM. So I kept the original vocals. And then he was like, well, I want to get on this. So he recorded another verse. And he, he wanted to replace his verse. So I was like, no, nah, this is hard. And it's just cool. The idea of having 2016 and 2021 all on one song. And it's not forced at all. It just felt right to me as a producer of it. Like, I love that kind of stuff. It's, it's ill. Yeah. I don't believe in throwing ideas away, but I'm not married to them either. So I just feel like, you know, like you were saying, you keep stuff, and when it makes sense, it makes sense. If it don't, it don't. You got to write down a timestamp on that motherfucker. God damn. Yeah. You just dropped a bar in this bitch. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like that. I ain't married to him either. That's dope. That's super fucking dope. The thought of, like, because, like you said, you know, you started really, like, the process of this project in 2016. So it's, like, it's kind of, like, full circle in the whole production. That's dope. Yeah. Oh my God. So is there any other moments like that on the album where it's a, a older piece mixed with a newer piece that creates this harmony? Um absolutely. I'm just trying to think. Because it's Loki on every song. Um Okay, okay. Yeah, on every song there's an older vocal and a newer vocal. Cause I went back and I tried to re-record certain moments where I feel like I could have hit the note stronger, something like that. But like even on the first track, wine. Um, it's got instrumentation that was recorded in 2020 in Texas. And then my vocals are recorded in 2017 in Ohio. Uh, Flip was as like just chock full of that. Um, Death Proof, part of my verse was recorded in 2020. Part of my verse was recorded in 2017. Then one feature was recorded in 2017. One was recorded in 2019. Um, Both of them crazy. Thank you. Yeah, they, like y'all always yeah. stupid on that. Like for real. Like thank you. Bro. Very big, like this energy. <laughs> That's fire. That's fire. Yeah, yeah, bro. Thank you. Like literally, like as I think about it, every song, Edda, I I started it on January first, twenty eighteen. But mm -hmm. then, like over the years, I would go back and try to fix certain things, make it, you know, change it to stuff that I liked more. Trust is really the only song, but even then, I re-recorded it. But I started it in twenty twenty, and I re-recorded it in twenty twenty. So that's mm -hmm. the only song that I didn't make over the span of multiple years. But every other song took years to make. Yeah. That's crazy. So when y'all listen to that Will Cherry, know that there's some motherfucking manpower. It's hours. You know what I mean? Years putting into this shit. So that's why it's hitting so damn good. Yeah. So you can't go out there and just copy this crap overnight. For real, for real. I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Before we wrap up, though, I want to ask you last question. 
We're at McDonald's. Mm. You drunk, you fucked up. You tore up. You hungry, bro. What you getting? What's that meal? Um, I might get the nuggets okay. with the, the sweet and sour sauce and the honey mustard. <laughs> uh, maybe the fruit punch. I, they just brought the uh, the orange high sea back, so I'm going to have to go to that. No, they didn't. Yeah, I just heard about it. Yeah, they brought that back. They brought that back for one time, so I'm going to have to dip into that real quick and maybe some cookies on the side. Yeah. That sounds like a very well-rounded, fucked-up meal. That high <laughs> Yeah. That I see, that, that shit. I didn't know about that. I'm glad I asked you that question. I just saw it like the other day. I just saw that they bringing it back. Yeah. Mm. You know that was kind of like a war crime. Like, why did they take that away? Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know, just like the McDonald's sprite. You know, this shit is uh, this shit. Ah, uh, damn. I tried to come up with something. <laughs> it's hitting. Yeah. It's hitting hard. Embrace human nature. I mean, like, human error. Uh, that's what made URL is all about. We just yeah. talked to the God, the legend. Thank you. Well, Terry, thank you so much for coming through. Uh, we'll definitely have you back on here again. I can't uh, wait, man. Some other shit, but hell yeah. Is there anything that you want to plug? Anything like that? Um, sure. My band Starlight is about, we haven't announced it yet, but by the time this comes out, it'll probably be out. Um, we're dropping our first song on March 7th. It's mm-hmm. called Shining because the band is called Starlight. So the song says, I'm a star, so I'm shining. It's like, you know, I want to do like, you know, I feel like a lot of the great artists throughout history, their first song was like an introduction song, like yeah. Snoop Dogg, my name is Eminem, like that type of stuff. So I wanted to do that with us. So I'm a star, so I'm shining. That's the first song. And then we're going to be dropping a song every month. Then I have like more videos coming out. I just dropped a short film. I got more videos coming out every month, remix packs of like songs from the album. And then after a while, I'm going to take a little break. But for probably the rest of the year, it's just going to be stuff back to back to back. Well, y'all go and uh, what's your socials? Plug those right now so they can see all of this. Yeah. Will Cherry, W-I-L-L-C-H-E-R-R-R-Y, three R's everywhere because the two R's is taken. Yeah. Got you. Well, you know what? This is another episode of Talking the URL. I'm Christopher Chance, and I'm very happy to be talking to this man right now. So, hell yeah, bro. Uh, Y'all take care and we'll see you on the next one.